We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome. This is the Barcelona Podcast, bringing the hottest breaking stories from the Camp No. I'm Dan Hilton from the Barca Block team here in New York City for show number 40. And I am joined, as always, across the ocean by Francis Tomas, as seen on ESPN and BarcaBlock.com. You can follow this, our show, with the show notes at tbpod.link backslash 40. That is, again, tbpod.link backslash 40. Francis, what are we going on today? Happy birthday to us. Have, okay. Sorry about the singing. Um, it's episode 40. I'm really excited to be here again. Um, we've been on it for nearly four or five months now. And if you are listening to this podcast, we love you to death. And we are humbled for your time and your enthusiasm and your feedback. Um, before we start, I'm going to read a review that was left on the iTunes to store in Macedonia, uh, which is... Um, this is fantastic, really. This podcast regularly reaches over 150 different countries. So I thought that today I was going to go for a podcast left by Mile Kontasinowski uh, in the Macedonia iTunes store. He said, this podcast is really excellent. The topics that are discussed are always popular and interesting on both of the hosts, Francesc and Dan. Thank you. He says that we're objective, professional and have a great knowledge of Barca and football in general. It is a great place for every Barca fan to keep up with everything that is related to Barca, to learn something new about the club and have a better insight into what is happening in and out of the Camp Nou. As a Barca fan myself, I really enjoy listening to the podcast. I honestly hope that Frances and Dan will continue with it for many years and will recommend the podcast to every football fan, especially the Barca fans. Mile, that is great. Thank you for your time. That really took a lot of thought to write and uh, we are humbled and honoured to have you as a listener. Right, let's get back in the show. In episode 40 of the Barcelona podcast, we're going to focus on Christian Pulisic, the USA prospect that is wowing pretty much everybody who ever watched him play. Then we're going to be looking at Andres Iniesta's lifelong contract. We have a special guest today, Sarah Salapour of Group 14 and Barca on FS and everything Barca has agreed to join us for a quick interview in the middle segment. So I'm really looking forward to that. And I know you're going to enjoy it loads. And at the end, we're going to finish with uh, your listener questions that keep getting to us on a daily basis. The Barcelona podcast number 40 starts right here. Well, Frances, as you hinted at, we're going to start off with a story that is based here in the U.S. 
where it may be the international break, but some players that Barcelona, that not only play for Barcelona, and we don't have to talk about Messi and Argentina's World Cup qualifying fight or what's going on in Spain, but instead we're going to talk about things in the Western Hemisphere, where in the past a 19-year-old U.S. winger slash midfielder slash forward in Christian Pulisic has been rumored to have been talking to Liverpool and Barcelona and Real Madrid, those three teams in particular. He's a 19-year-old winger who plays for Borussia Dortmund, U.S. player if you're not familiar with him, and he's been linked to those big clubs in the past, so every time he goes out and did and does what he did against Panama, where he scored the opening goal, had an assist, and would, was sensational throughout, he's also a candidate for the Gold Golden Boy Award. And whenever you have a player like that linked with all of these different things, names like Barcelona, Real Madrid, and Liverpool are going to pop up. And once again, after his latest performance, here we are talking about him again. And we have mentioned in the U.S. that we do have a U.S. fan base, and so we're going to try to see how fair some of these rumors are, whether or not Pulisic is a guy that could ever wind up in a Blagrana shirt. Yeah, I think, obviously, Pulisic is a player that the U.S. fan base, and is a name that is becoming, slowly but surely, a household name. Um, for people that have followed European football from Europe, um, it is, in a way, it was a little bit of an unknown until he started playing regularly for Borussia Dortmund. And, you know, let's face it, the Bundesliga is not one of the leagues that have got the sort of the highest profile if you're watching football from Spain or, or even the UK because you know you tend to focus on the league that is local to you. However, the Bundesliga obviously has fantastic teams and players coming out of it. Um, Germany obviously always a force to reckon with in uh, World Cups and European Championships so it is only natural that Pulisic has now been linked with many many major teams. Um, I do know uh, of reports that say that he was turning down Liverpool in the summer uh, because in a way he's waiting for either a Barcelona or a Real Madrid offer in the near future. Now, obviously, we're a Barcelona podcast, we're going to talk about it from that perspective. Our club has been traveling to the US for many seasons now, normally in pre-season. It's not a yearly occasion, but whenever Barca goes into the US, it is clear that there is a demand of, um, of Barcelona-related merchandise and attention for the club. And there's a huge amount of love. And obviously, we've got a lot of listeners. In fact, the country with the most listeners for our current podcast, the Barcelona podcast, actually is the USA. And we're obviously very grateful for our listeners from there. So undoubtedly, there is a commercial value on adding Pulisic to the team. Uh, but obviously, that's not why we would sign any players. Or, or you shouldn't really be the main reason for it. Um, Pulisic is a player of incredible ability on and off the ball. He is incredibly speedy, obviously very dynamic as well. Um, as Dan explained, he can play in any position up front, although for Borussia Dortmund, he seems to be playing more and more as a winger. Um, his growth since he landed in the Bundesliga has been incredibly rapid. He's got still plenty of potential as, as 19 years old um, to get even better. He's similar to Messi in the sense that he's got a low center of gravity, but actually he's been compared to someone I really don't like too much, which is Luis Figo because of his style of play and the way in which he dribbles at speed and he's confident with both feet. So really and certainly a player to watch for the future and it's really no surprise that Barca have been linked with his signing. What's so interesting about Pulisic and now also, by the way, if you ever watch Champions League in the U.S., 
you'll hear that the announcers a lot of the time will say Pulisic instead of Pulisic because he's of Croatian origin or has Croatian heritage. So you'll hear Pulisic, but a lot of people over here in the U.S. say Pulisic. And like it seems like a guy who's becoming a household global name, everybody still says his name differently. So I'm going to go with Pulisic, but Pulisic is what you can hear as well. Plenty of time. Anyway, beside the point. The interesting thing I find about Pulisic is that in the European game, there is this bias, and usually it's a bias against Americans, where there have been some throughout the years, like a Brian McBride who played in the Premier League, and you've had Clint Dempsey who played for Tottenham and Fulham, and you've had goalkeepers galore, Tim Howard, a long time for Everton, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So you've had some U.S. players through the years, but then you've had others like Josie Altidore who does well in the States for Toronto FC but struggled with Sunderland in the Premier League and struggled at Hull City as well earlier in his career. And you have guys that, again, do well and don't do so well. And at the moment... A lot of U.S. players who are doing well are doing well in the Bundesliga. So um, for Pulisic, he went over as a teenager, uh, around 15, 16 years old, or maybe even earlier than that. And he went over with his father, Mark, and they got him into Borussia Dortmund. And then it was over that winter break that Germany takes that he was able to show himself under Thomas Tuchel, now what is two years ago, and when he was just an 18-year-old. And he was playing well for the U19s, which a lot of times, for those who don't know in, in Germany where there might be a Borussia Dortmund 2, but in reality, the Borussia Dortmund U19 team is the team that you're going to see from the youth team to the first team. And Borussia Dortmund 2 is more guys that are long-term projects, even in their early 20s, who are still trying to get their career back on track and to get to another level. So he was able to come into the team, and then when Usmani Dembele was bought, there was worry that Pulisic wasn't going to get as much playing time. But the way it all worked out, that... Not only is Dembele now with Barcelona giving Pulisic even more playing time, but they were all able to play together, being Aubameyang up front in the middle, and then Pulisic, Pulisic on, the, on the wing, and Dembele on the other wing at the time. And that's when he was starting to showcase himself last season. He had an assist against Real Madrid in the Champions League. And then in reference to what Frances was saying about Luis Figo, there's a story that came out from Goal.com in the past that he was a Blancos fan in the past and that he had a Luis Figo jersey, this and this. And the reason I don't give too much credence to that and whether or not he's Real Madrid or Barcelona, well, we've seen plenty of images of Isco in Barcelona jerseys. And same thing with Marco Asensio. Apparently, they were both Barcelona fans as youngsters. So if a team comes calling at the highest level, if you're a Barcelona Real Madrid, then you're just going to go to the one that seems to have the better offer, the one that, that is best for your career at that time. Another thing you have to take into consideration with Pulisic is that, as I said, with Americans doing well in the Bundesliga, going to a Barcelona or Real Madrid is really foreign territory for U.S. players. And and you can already recognize that a 19-year-old, the way he leads the USA, that this is a special player. The Americans, and the reason I'm setting this all up, is that there is a bias against American players, but he is one of those guys that can break through that bias. He's probably going to be the greatest U.S. player to ever play. And it's I know it's early. You want to get on the hype train. He's 19. But he's already doing things at 19 that I don't know other than the occasional Landon Donovan or Clint Dempsey, Brian McBride. Some guys through the years have had moments, but he's a guy game in and game out that's doing things that U.S. players have never done. So it's so hard to tell how much credence is in any of these rumors because of the role that U.S. players have played in Europe throughout time and the fact that there isn't much stock put in them. So you don't know how high the player like this can fly. So Barcelona-Real Madrid could potentially be 
that top level that he's capable of, but because there's such a U.S. bias against him, it's such an odd thing to see those rumors. I'm not sure I agree with the bias bit. I mean, obviously, a decade ago, or even longer than that, 15, 20 years ago, it was clear that the MLS and European football were a step behind. But I think given the performances in the World Cups recently, I mean, not the last one, but the one before, definitely they got really far. I believe it was the quarterfinals. So I think that if a player is good, we don't necessarily care where they come from, whether it's Ghana, Liberia, the USA, um, it could be Mars even. We don't really care. It's all about how good the players are on the pitch and how much they can add. And I think that Pulisic is, is proving his worth in La Bundesliga, which is obviously a very competitive league and uh, full credit to him. I think in the time that he's been there, I've got some stats for you. 65 appearances and 10 goals since he joined Dortmund in 2015-2016. Then his career at Dortmund has been rated as 7.52 by Who's Goal, which is um, the, the site that in my eyes is the best for online stats in order of um, football worldwide. 2.1 shots per game, 1.3 key passes per game, 2.9 dribbles, which is really very significant because we're talking about Messi in our previous podcast, which I strongly recommend you all go back to listen if you haven't because that was, I think, one of the best ones we've ever recorded. So anyway, Messi had around six dribbles per game, while Pulisic got 2.9 already. Um, his pass success rate is 86%, and he completed, he normally completes 23.3 passes per game. So it is someone who can associate himself with those around him. He's not scared to face rivals one-on-one. He can take shots. He converts uh, whenever, whenever he's successful, really, but he does attempt it quite regularly as well. Um, it doesn't seem to be a player that obviously is the focal a man in attack, but it's someone who can be a really good complement to someone like, for example, Messi, for example, Ronaldo. So um, definitely one to watch for the future. I, I fully agree with Dan, a future star that already is competing for the Golden Boy with players of the caliber of Mbappé, Dembélé, Gabriel Jesus, and even Marcus Rashford. So undoubtedly, one to watch for the future. Now we need to ask ourselves, does it make sense for Pulisic himself to come to La Liga and come to Barcelona? Um, he currently is establishing himself as an upcoming star. Obviously, Dembélé left the team this summer. That, in a way, is going to allow him even more room for growth and a more of a starring role in, in La Bundesliga at Borussia Dortmund. Uh, the team obviously loves playing attacking football. And, in a way, he has a good sort of platform in order to continue to grow. Um, I would say, in fact, I'm going to bounce it back to you, Dan. Um, do you think Pulisic is at a stage in his career in which coming to Barca would be a good or a not-so-good move. Frances, am I allowed to be negative? Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, I'm going to be negative about people who hope that there's much credence to any of these rumors for that very reason. Uh, he's recently... The, the team that actually this past summer has popped up the most is Liverpool, and he's rejected those rumors because it's not good for his career at the moment. And obviously, it would be easiest for a U.S. player to who's at the highest level who you'd think is going to succeed anywhere like him you'd think that the Premier League, speaking English and moving to the UK, would probably be the easiest thing for him uh, just to do to get accustomed to it. And it would probably suit his game even the best. He is more just, it's a lot of work rate, working hard. And while he's technically very gifted and, and, and one of the best ever, I think it seems like his game would fit the Premier League pretty well. I know this is a, a difficult charge to make, so I don't want to say it's so nonchalant, but as far as giving credence to many of these rumors, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Liverpool right now, it doesn't make any sense from 
a Pulisic camp perspective where, again, as you mentioned, he's playing Champions League football. He's trying to win the Bundesliga. He's playing for Borussia Dortmund, getting starts whenever he needs to and growing into his game. He should not leave Western Germany for at least two to three years. It doesn't make any sense for his career to go someplace. And I know you want to challenge yourself. And Dembele was kind of a different story where I don't think Dembele was ready to go either. I thought Dembele's only came to Barcelona. I mean, not I think, but Dembele only came to Barcelona because Neymar left. And so the whole track of Dembele maybe staying at Dortmund for two or three years and then moving on to Barcelona like he wanted, that had to be accelerated because they lost Neymar. And so with Pulisic, it wouldn't make any sense for him to try to compete with Bale and Ronaldo on Real Madrid or compete with Denis Suarez at the moment and Dembele. So just stay at a place as you're still a teenager. He just turned 19, that you're just going to be able to find your game and Maybe he goes to Liverpool in a few years, and then when he's in his mid-20s, he can move on to Barcelona, Real Madrid. But for right now, I'd say we hold the brakes on this. Let him develop as a player and let him find his game and find his footing and become the, super, the, become the superstar that we know he will be. And then, obviously, I'm biased. I'm a USA fan. I'm an American. So I would love to see Pulisic in a Barcelona jersey, and obviously I would hate to see him in a Real Madrid jersey. So eventually... And that's another big question for me is, is he going to be Barcelona caliber? It looks like everyone thinks he will be. And I certainly hope he will be. But there's a lot to there's a lot to go between now and then. So I think we table this and we'll come back to it at a later time. Do you want to move on to Iniesta, Frances? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, let's do that. So with Iniesta, the big news, if you're listening to this podcast, you already know. The worries were that Messi and Iniesta, who both apparently had contracts on the table, they just hadn't signed them. Well, Messi's still the big one out there, has yet to sign it, but Iniesta has now signed. He's now signed a lifetime contract with the Catlin Club. 33 years old now. We're wondering how long he'll stay, but he has even said himself that he won't overstay his welcome. Frances, it just warms my heart. Can you ask for a better player for your club? No, there isn't one. Uh, well, Messi. <laughs> But uh, beyond Messi, yeah, Iniesta, of course. But, but but Messi hasn't but Messi hasn't signed the contract yet, right? Iniesta's the one who already signed the contract. But he will, he will. Um, we we've got to be positive, otherwise we'll just cry every single day, wouldn't we? So uh, yeah, no, you can't. We've got Messi and Iniesta, they're the top players in in their positions. Um, obviously, right now, uh, or in the last decade, arguably. And yeah, we are delighted to have them. I mean, they're both La Masia graduates, and you know, I would love for both of them to be to join Puyol, Maldini, Giggs and Scholes in the one-man club. Um, but, you know, I think hopefully Messi will sign in the near future and will take us all out of this misery. But um, going back to Iniesta, I'm delighted that he signed a lifetime contract. Um, if there is one player beyond Messi who deserves it, it, it it's him. Um, Don Andres joined at the very early age of 12. Um, as regular listeners to this podcast know, I was lucky enough to be there. Uh, my brother actually was teammates with him when he played in, in, in the Infantil Fair was the first time. Um, they Iniesta excelled in the Canal Plus tournament in Brunete in the summer. And then in the winter, the very first winter he was here, he went back to Brunete to play another tournament. And uh, my brother was there and we were lucky enough to meet the family. And they are lovely people and I couldn't be happier for them, for them all given the, the fact that Andres has become a legend, not just for club, for also uh, for his country. So it really is great to see him excelling at this point. For him, it is great news that he's going to have the opportunity to hang up his boots um, as a Barca legend. He is a leader on and off the pitch. 
He has been part of the best midfield triangle in club history, together with Busquets and Xavi. And even after Xavi's departure, he's continued to carry the button. And in a way, he's become even more influential and a more of a sort of leadership figure for everyone to look at and a more of an example of what it means to play professionally and to be the ultimate role model. Um, he's won eight La Ligas, five Copas, four Champions Leagues, and obviously the World Cup and the two Euros for Spain. So our captain now has 30 collective titles for Barca, and in a way I couldn't be happier to, to have him here for many, many years until his body can stand it. I think I said this on a podcast probably in the first 10 when we just started doing this, that Iniesta is one of those guys that while he's loved in Barcelona and Barcelona fans understand how good he is, from an international standpoint, I don't think that he's going to be recognized until after he's gone. I think he's one of those guys that he's the, the longer time goes by, you're going to say, oh, well, this midfielder, that midfielder, then you're going to try to compare them to him and they're going to have a hard time doing it. I think of him a lot in a sense, as you had even mentioned, that you mentioned Maldini, did you not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mentioned Maldini. Maldini was a legend for Milan. Not just a one-club player, but as with Maldini, while he was there at the time, you understood that he was getting these trophies and one of the greatest defenders ever in the moment. But then the longer he's gone, you try to compare people to him, and you have a hard time doing that. And I think that's the kind of guy that, that he is where midfield is such a position where you've had the best of the best of the best. Same thing with forward where defenders, it's, it's a little more difficult to try to compare across the board. Same thing with goalkeepers. And while goalkeepers, of course, this has been an era with John Luigi Buffon and Manuel Neuer, and it's a little more difficult to historically compare goalkeepers. There are so many good forwards and midfielders that you wonder from this generation, who's going to stand out. And I think while we are biased, being on the Barcelona podcast, I think Iniesta, whether it's Pirlo, Lampard, Gerard, whoever it is in this generation, his generation, Iniesta has a, a really good stake in winning that best midfielder of his generation title. I mean, and it's interesting with, between Xavi and Iniesta, where I prefer to watch Iniesta. Just I know and I've always understood what Xavi did for Barcelona. But to me, Iniesta just has that ability to not be noticed and yet completely control and dominate and do all the right things in a game. And then you take back to the game again in Spain against the Netherlands in the 2010 World Cup, where Iniesta, who doesn't really score a lot, finds that moment to win the game for Spain and win Spain a World Cup and, and do this thing for a country that again, that he quietly served as a servant. And that's been the whole thing about Iniesta is that with, he's, he's been humble and he's been the character guy that you want. And I even, not to get too political, but this is just a, a quick aside, is that Iniesta in this last week has also come out, and he very rarely does this, but he came out and publicly said, I really just want everyone, not to, not to get along, but he really just wants Catalonia and Spain to, to talk to each other and to open dialogue and to be peaceful and calm about everything. And that's really what the man is. He is humble. He is at peace. He is calm. And he does everything to just the, the utmost regard of hard work and decency. I mean, how many times where I've heard in the past Sergio Busquets and when Pedro was at the club at the time that people who didn't like Barcelona would tell me, those guys flop too much. That's why I don't like Barcelona. They're, 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 they're weak. And I would always argue, well, Messi never goes down. He just And he stands up to a fault to the point where he doesn't get penalties. But Iniesta is the same way there. Iniesta spends a whole game getting chopped down. 
And how many times does Iniesta get up and scream in an opponent's face? How many times does Iniesta cause trouble or get a yellow card or a red card because he can't handle getting chopped down and treated the way he is on the field sometimes? And so for me, that's why Iniesta, another little personal thing, I have two soccer jerseys, a Messi jersey and Iniesta jersey for for Barcelona. And those are the only two Barcelona jerseys I own, and those might be the only two I ever need, unless, obviously, as we talked about earlier, Pulisic comes to the club. Yeah, which is, which is very obvious, and hopefully will happen one day. Um, I think I agree with you, Dan. I think that Iniesta is the ultimate professional, and we have been lucky to have him at Barca all these years, and we're lucky to have him for, for the rest of his career. Now, I don't normally do this, but I want to play devil's advocate for once. Um, let's not forget that Iniesta is 33 years old already. Uh, in the interview that he gave after the lifetime contract was announced, he said, I will stay for as long as mind, body, and all I can give is enough for Barcelona. Now, that means that in a way, he is in charge of his future. So he could stay till he's 93 years old and uh, he has to be stretched off training, which obviously won't happen. But, you know, that according to the contract, as far as we know it, that could be possible. So in a way... What use would Iniesta be for Barca at 37 years old? Um, obviously, we will have to trust his professionalism, which is obviously not in doubt because of all the reasons that we just explained. But, you know, it's a bit weird that um, a player gets given a lifetime contract as such and there is no sort of defense mechanism for the club to be able to cut him out if, if needed. Um, Bartomeu obviously wanted to take pressure off himself to, um, to get the photo with Iniesta. He finally does have it, and that's going to make a lot of coolers very happy, very happy, obviously, me included. But I think Devil's Advocate would say that maybe the club should have protected themselves and find an out clause there somewhere. Um, we can't overlook the fact, we love Iniesta to bits, but we cannot overlook the fact that he suffered several injuries throughout the years. Lately, in the last couple of seasons, he's had to be protected in terms of how many games per season he actually does play. Uh, we just seen it very recently when he plays, say, seven or eight or nine consecutive games. He tends to pick up tiny mini injuries here and there. So I think, you know, it needs to be a consensus with the player, the manager himself, in order to ensure that he continues to um, be successful and be helpful for Barca, not just off the pitch, but also on it. So obviously I've got no reason to doubt his professionalism because in a way he's my favorite Barca player ever. But I think for a class perspective, um, the club could have had... Uh, sort of an out clause in there to protect themselves. Um, obviously, we'll forever be grateful for all the memories, and I really am looking forward to the future uh, that Iniesta can bring together with his teammates. But I think the club could have had some sort of clause in there um, to add an extra layer of protection. From a player's perspective, I think every player is always going to think that they're the best. So we're trusting his professionalism that he's going to understand when there's a better player for that role. And something that we've seen this season that's you know quite contrary to that is that when Iniesta isn't playing, it seems like Barcelona aren't as good as they can be. And he still, at 33 years old, seems to be the best guy for the job when Barcelona's playing well right now. And until that changes, and I think until that unequivocally changes, he's going to have a role at the club. And I think the way Barcelona operates in terms of those big transfers and big names, that when Iniesta's natural replacement comes and that could come from the youth academy from Elena but Elena is going to again have to grow over time and so it's going to be a little bit before Elena is obviously the obvious choice over Iniesta but if they bring in a big midfield name like a Marco Verratti as was you know earlier in the summer obviously not going to happen now but that kind of caliber player if they bring in that kind of caliber player 
then Iniesta sees his replacement. He knows who he is. And so when Verratti starts over Iniesta, Iniesta has never been the guy to complain or have a problem with that when that, in the rare occasions that that's happened. And so I think that natural transition, because of his professionalism, is going to be a difficult situation for the manager and the board. But I think you just have to trust everyone that Iniesta is going to know what's best for his body as well. With Pirlo even, where Pirlo is a good example, just announced his retirement for the winter time this week. He's going to be done in December. And he was a guy that after he was one with Juventus, he comes to the MLS, which is a grueling physical league, by the way. Well, technically and skill-wise, they you know MLS and Serie A are a little bit different. MLS, because of travel and those hot summers down in Houston and Dallas, it can be a difficult and grindy experience, particularly when you're in your late 30s like Pirlo is. And so for Pirlo, he said, my body is is done competing in the way it was, and I'm done. And those legends like Iniesta, like Pirlo, those once-in-a-generation talents, I think they've almost to a degree earned the right to make those decisions. And I think Iniesta, as long as he feels like he can lace those boots up, he'll be of some service in some capacity, in some role, and that's going to be for the coach of Barcelona, whether it's, we hope it's Valverde for a while, but whether or not it's Valverde or someone else, it'll be for that manager to decide where Iniesta and how to reduce his role throughout his his, his years. So we're getting to the point in the show, though, Frances. We got to either, well, Frances, you've got an interview to do, so we'll pop out, and then I'll be back for our questions in a bit. Fantastic. See you soon. Okay, thank you, Dan. Hopefully um, you have loads of fun while you're out. I'm sure we're going to have more fun now that Sarah's joining us. Sarah, how are you today? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm great. It's great to have you here. We've been following your work for a little while now. Um, Sarah Salapo um, has been working for Group 14 and Barca on FS, which is Everything Barca, and now even volunteers for Marca.com as well. And uh, we are delighted to have you in the show today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Perfect. So um, I thought that obviously you would be a perfect person to come in our second ever interview. And I don't know if you know, but today's our big 40th episode. So uh, we're delighted to have you joining us today. Um, because your passion for Barca, for what I've seen in social media and your work, it really is remarkable. So where does all that energy for Barca come from? Um, well, I've been playing soccer since I was four years old. So it's always been a big thing in our family. And my dad actually played professional football when he was in Europe, um, only for a couple of years. Um, but I never really watched soccer in America because it's not as popular as it is in other countries. But when I moved to Costa Rica when I was 13, everyone over there would watch soccer. And it was a big thing. They'd get together on the weekends, and they would watch games. And I was actually at my friend's house when I saw my first Barcelona match. And it was against Sevilla. And I instantly fell in love with their style of play and their tiki-taka and their quick passes. And ever since then, I've been watching all their games. I, wouldn't, I haven't missed any. Um, and then I went to Barcelona a couple times, and I went and saw the astonishing Camp Nou, and my passion has just been growing more and more every day. That is gorgeous. I'm actually quite envious. Um, so w- w- who did your dad play for then? Um, he played for a Belgian side. It was Bruges. Well, yeah, that, that is the biggest Belgian side. You must be really proud. So what is it like growing up in a household then with so much football 24-7? Yeah, it's actually really fun because me and my dad, we connect a lot on soccer. and We're always speaking about it. And my uncle and all my cousins are also all into soccer. They play um, in competitive teams in California. So it's always a subject that comes up in our family conversation. 
that's brilliant. Uh, I'm very jealous now. I'm probably going to have to come visit and join your lovely family down there. That sounds brilliant. Um, so obviously, Barca are quite far away from California. So how do you keep updated with all the news? Because obviously things change really quickly in our club. Yeah, so um, I have push notifications for the Barcelona official Twitter account. So anything that they post, I would get notified. But I also read like sport and um, Twitter is also a great way to keep up with the news. I follow journalists that are actually based in Barcelona. And the best way to get the freshest news or breaking news that come out of the club before it even hits um, newspapers. Well, actually, that's pretty much what I do as well. I'm, I'm lucky enough to have people sort of on the ground in there as well that can tell me, you know, what's going on sometimes before the newspapers actually find it. But in a way, I've got the very same sources. So yeah. it's great to see that you're so, so informed as well. Now, the first part of the show, which um, obviously you haven't heard so yet, um, we were talking about Andres Iniesta and how his lifetime contract is great news for the club. Um, is that your view as well? Yes, I think he, it is so deserved. I mean, I can't really imagine Barcelona without Andres Iniesta. He's been so crucial to the team for so many years. Um, I think, I'm so happy, you know, he finally got this lifetime contract. I do think that he should have had this contract um, years ago, but I'm happy that it finally happened. It just makes Barcelona fans at ease knowing that one of the best players um, of football is going to be at their team until he retires so it's definitely great news definitely definitely do you think that he will be good enough for Barca say in three years time when he's 36 then personally um, I mean I think so he might not be as quick I mean that just comes with age but I mean if you know they keep him on the bench and then bring him in for some important games I think that his vision and his creativeness will always be with him that's not going to change it's just kind of his speed Definitely. I, I agree with you. I really agree with you. I think that a player of Iniesta's caliber and experience and maturity even, it's important within the pitch, but also beyond. So definitely agree with you as well. Now, there's a lot of hype, and we talked about it in our very first part of the podcast today, on Pulisic, which is an American player that you probably know better than any of us, um, maybe, maybe as well as Dan even, because he's a huge, huge fan, follows the Bundesliga all the time. So in your eyes, do you think he's good enough for Barca or should he wait a bit longer? What are your views on that? Um, I think he's a good player. He has a lot of great qualities. Um, he's shown that with Dortmund. Um, and the good thing is that he's really young. He's only 19, which is good because when young, when young players come to Barcelona, if they come to Barcelona, like they can easily adapt to the style. It's easier to adapt. Um, but I personally like players that are homegrown players. And they, um, for example, Carlos Avenia, he is a Barcelona B player. He's also 19. So I don't see why Barcelona would like to sign a player that is not very familiar with their style. Um, when they could bring in someone that has been with Barcelona all their life, um, that's been in La Masia and is the captain of Barcelona B and knows everything about the club and the philosophy. So I think I would personally go after players, like homegrown players, then go outside and bring foreigners. But I think that he is a really good player. Um, he would be a good signing, but I personally would try to stay within the club. That's really interesting. 
I really, I, wow, okay. Yeah, no, I agree with you as well. Um, I think that people that play La Masia already know the club well and it would be the obvious choice. But obviously, in Pulic's defence, he's already played professionally in Germany and he's having quite an impact as well. Um, so, interesting. So, as an American, do you think having Pulic in Barca would change things for you or is it something you're not too bothered about? Um, I don't think it would really change things for me. No, I think he's, he's a great player, like I said. I've watched some of his games and he's great. He's really great with the American team as well. Um, you know, he's, he's big in America and he's doing great things in Germany, but I don't know how he would fit in in Barcelona. I'm not, I can't really see that happening. Okay, I think... <laughs> I think Dan may disagree with you a bit there. He's a huge, huge fan. And uh, we, we sort of talked about it in the first part of the podcast. But yeah, I think I think you disagree a little bit in there. But definitely, thank you for your take on it. Now, let's get a bit more personal here. So, who's your favorite Barca player and why? Obviously, I think you're going to say Messi. But say beyond Messi, who is the one player that you really admire? Yeah, actually, Messi is my second favorite player. Oh, right. My, yeah, my engine of the team I think I, I call him the invisible Messi because his, his the way he plays is just it goes by unnoticed um, he's not as popular as the other players but he's so crucial to the team I think if you look at a Barcelona side without Busquets and a Barcelona side with Busquets it's just completely different so I think he is really the heart of the team and without him you know Barcelona would not be the same That is great. You really understand football. Is you can pinpoint Busquets' greatness like that. That is great. Not many people would say that at all. Um, I I wouldn't say that he's my favorite player at all. But I think that he certainly is up there. But the fact that you recognize him so quickly as well, um, that 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 speaks wonders. So okay, what would you say about the people that say that Busquets just dives too much and um, basically hate on him and have been doing that since the beginning of his career? Totally. Yep, definitely. Let's do that. Let's start a campaign for Busquets to win the Ballon d'Or next time round. Although he, yeah. pro- he probably never will win that because he doesn't score that many goals. And yeah. I don't know if you agree with me, but he's not really that handsome, is he? So... Yeah, but I don't think he's as popular. Yeah, and he hates Twitter and he stays away from cameras. But there you go. Yeah. Um, let's start a campaign for him. A silent one, maybe. So... um. Going back to Barca this season then, obviously we don't haven't played that many games, but the ones we have played, we've won. Uh, 21 or 21 points in La Liga. So out of 10, what score would you give to the team right now and what reasons do you have for that? Um, I would give them a 7 out of 10. I mean, they're doing great. They're winning all of their games, like you said, this season. Uh, they're scoring a lot of goals, which is good. But I think they're lacking fluidity on the pitch. Um, like they had before in the past. Um, I want to see a more dominated side where they, they're completely dominating the game and their passes are quick, they're moving fast, 
if football is about winning and they won every game, that should, surely should be a 10, right? <laughs> I was playing devil's advocate. I agree with you 1,000%. But yeah, I was just trying to be a little bit naughty in there. So um, in, in your eyes, will Barca win the treble then? I mean, we haven't been brilliant as such, but you know the results are there. The team is growing and Valverde hasn't been in the club for that long. And obviously winning every competition um, at, at stake is our target. So do you think Barca will get the three championships there this season? So if I push you a little bit then, if you had to bet your house on it, would it be zero, one, two or three titles? I think two. Okay, which two? <laughs> I think La Liga and Copa del Rey. I personally would like to have Champions League, but I don't know if we're there to win the Champions League yet. Perfect. Yeah. Okay, that's good. That, that's, that aligns with my th- thought as well. Um, obviously, the Champions League is more prestigious, isn't it? I mean, La Liga... I know there's a Champions League every year, but winning at a continental level, it has that extra special. Do you get that from the United States, uh, from where you're watching the games? Do you see that the Champions League is sort of the competition that everyone's after, or you don't see a difference? Yeah, I think actually the Champions League is something that people here tend to watch. They don't really watch La Liga games or Copa del Rey, but when it comes to Champions League, I've actually witnessed going to um, like restaurants, people are actually there watching the games. It definitely looks one as a prestigious tournament as well here. Yeah, it happens here as well. Um, we Here in London, we go to the Barco, Bar & Company, which is a boat in the River Thames, and uh, the Peña Blaurana London, which is the Barca fan club in London, regularly meets up in there. And uh, I have to say, I don't really go to every game because normally I'm either writing or tweeting about it. But when I can, I do go. And I'm finding myself that when I do actually go into London for the game, it seems to be Champions League night, so there has to be something special about that. Definitely, definitely agree there. So um, that's the end of our interview, and we're really grateful for your time and obviously sharing your expertise with us. Um, but we don't want to leave it there. Sarah, if uh, listeners want to follow your work online, I know that they can go to Group 14, Barca, ONFS, Everything Barca, and hopefully uh, we can see some of your work on Mark as well. But how can our listeners make sure that they stay in touch with your updates? Um, so all the media I work for is, I have the links in my Twitter bio. So if my Twitter account is all about football too. So if anyone wants to go, they can go on my bio on Twitter and all the links are there and then they can read my work too. Perfect. Perfect. So uh, we also, as a thank you for coming in the show, we will make sure that all your details, we basically copy your bio into our um, program description 
and we'll make sure that um, all of that information is available via iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else our listeners find our podcast. So hopefully, hopefully that helps. And once again, thank you for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure to get to know you a little bit and to know your thoughts about Barca. And we really hope you all the best in your work. And uh, when you're on ESPN and TV and ruling the world of Barca football, please remember us. Thanks for the interview, Frances. Now is the time for our quick-fire listener question. I'll just read them. Frances will answer easy in and out. Frances, first question from Hearns Timmy. Do you think La Liga teams are trying to get back at Barcelona for now that they don't want Blagranas in their stands? And that's coming. that question is coming from the small amount of tickets that Barcelona supporters were given for the Atletico Madrid game. I think that everything we had to say that is political was already mentioned at tbpod.link forward slash 38. That's tbpod.link forward slash 38. And obviously that's episode 38 of our podcast. I strongly recommend you go back and check that out if you haven't. Now, if you have checked it out, all I would say is that probably yes. And then we have two questions from Anthony and Ojale, both kind of asking the same question. When will Messi renew his contract at Barcelona? And why is Messi's contract not renewed yet? Basically because he hasn't necessarily felt comfortable with Bartomeu and what the club is offering right now doesn't seem to satisfy him fully. Um, He may also be sort of a little bit wary um, as to where the club is going and he probably needs a little bit more time to consider his his decision. As we said at the beginning of the Iniesta segment, I am confident that he will, in a way, come to his senses and realise Barca is the best club in the world. (laughs) I know, but jokes aside, I think that if he really is comfortable at Barca and he understands what he's got here, there is nowhere else in the world where he can get what he has. So I really definitely and definitely hope that he will stay with us, although I'm not as confident now as I was two months ago, given his delay. But um, let's see what happens. I don't know when he will sign, but whenever he does it, it's fine with me. It would be better if it was tomorrow morning, though. And I'm going to say that now we're recording this before the match that... Argentina has that will basically decide whether or not they have the potential of qualifying for the World Cup. So we're recording before that. So depending on when you're listening to this, my thought is whether or not they have won that qualifier and potentially will be in the World Cup or not, I think will affect that decision. And we're going to talk about that on the show on Thursday briefly. So we'll answer that. And I think this will all come to light too. So that'll about wrap it up. Anything else, Frances? No, nothing. Just uh, thank you to everyone that is leaving reviews on iTunes, um, whatever iTunes stones in the world you're in. Um, if you have upgraded to iOS 11, all you need to do is go to the episode and just tap show description, I think it is, and you will see all the ratings there. You can rate us um, different number of stars. Anything below five, just don't do it. <laughs> so just stick with the five stars, please. And uh, if you uh, you have a second to leave a review, we will be eternally grateful for your input because uh, the more reviews we've got, the more new listeners um, are potentially going to join our community. So thank you for your time. I hope that you enjoyed the show and we will see you on Thursday. And we also want to give a special thank you to Sarah as well for joining the show, our second interview, and we'll hopefully get more in the future as well. So again, as Frances said, we want to thank everyone for being part of the Barcelona podcast community. Please share the show, get people involved, and we'll continue to talk about our favorite club of FC Barcelona. So that wraps it up for Frances and I. Forza Barca. Forza. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. 
But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.